0: Gracias. And for those of us who have been lucky enough through the years to work closely with Dick Cheney, one thing has been absolutely crystal clear. Regardless of where he was, be it the House, be it the be it the White House, he's always been there for us. He's always been there for the Jewish community, And I would like to add, the Jewish community has never, ever had a better (laughs) friend. Ladies and gentlemen, it gives me great pleasure to introduce our dear friend and great ally, the former Vice President of the United States, Dick Cheney. Thank you. When I was 13 years old, Dad got transferred from Lincoln, Nebraska for Castle, job. And, uh, and uh, when I got the that summer, I immediately found out it was in one. She was the star, she was the salad victorian, she was the state of the Concord enchantment. There we go. And, uh, and uh, eventually, I got through a lot with me, of course, and, uh, and, and, and the end result.
1: But I explained what happened to
0: people. that my dad hadn't been transferred in 1954, Lynn would have married anybody else. And she said, Right, and then he would have been vice president in 1954. I have uh, a couple of thoughts I, I um listened to tonight. I listened to Sheldon's comments between the prison and war. 2014 2016. and 2016. Milo Grant, Sam Fox, and Mel uh, Sandler, Lou Eisenberg, all worked together over the years of, on many of these issues and many elections. And, uh, it is more important in my mind than everybody that we pull out all the stops
1: and actually look
0: Kevin and Ray Stamper group together. Together, the campaign that we we'll result in on taking back the Senate in
1: 2016 and the White House in
0: 2016. And there are two subjects I want to focus in on. I don't want to get you long in this speech, but I want to leave you with. But I think a couple of important thoughts that um, you know, reinforce. How uh, enormously important these elections are going to be. About 10 days ago, I got back from a 10 day trip to the mythology. I was invited to go over and spend some time with a lot of old friends in that part of the world. One um, of the most important stops I made was in Jerusalem, where I had lunch with the Prime Minister Netanyahu. Um, he used to come and see me when he was out of power and I was in office. And now I go and see him when he's in power and I'm out. But um, uh, I had the opportunity to spend time uh, focused on what's going on in the Middle East. And uh, I met in addition the uh, Israeli leadership and the Prime Minister and some old friends that I've worked with, uh, Secretary of Defense on the intelligence community, Vice President, and so forth. Traveled to the uh, Gulf, and met with some friends there, and I've done business with all the way back in Desert Storm, uh, to Jordan, to Egypt. And, uh, came away with, with a number of thoughts, but uh, the bottom line is that the United States position in the world is worse than it's been any time in my life. And having spent as many months and years as I am on very good times, um, in both peace and in war, um, I uh, am saddened
1: by what has happened policies from the uh, of
0: leadership of the Obama administration. Almost universal view that the United States has turned its back on our longtime friends. Uh, It's reached the point where Israel and Egypt and uh, Amorist, Saudi Arabia, Jordan uh, are closer to one another, imagine that, than any of them to us because of the policies Nobody who's been our friend in the past could any longer have any sense of trust. It will keep our commitments. So we will be there in a crisis when they need us. Um, on the other hand, none of our adversaries need fear And In the culmination of five years one on six years, of the Obama administration has been convinced that uh, a lot of folks out there that Administration, of course, the Muslims are go to Egypt today. As I did, I spent a couple of hours with General Sisi, who's uh, been the leader of the Egyptian Armed Forces, He stepped down this week in the Congress Commission. President Egypt, and by the way, I'm very a, you know, a
1: remarkable, uh, significant and potential significantly, potentially significant leader in that part of the world, and working an with Israel on some very important. Uh,
0: mutual security concerns in the, the Egyptian Israeli relationship. But uh, he and his colleagues, and many other um, Egyptians who were not involved uh, necessarily in the political arena, are absolutely convinced that uh, the American administration today supports the Muslim Brotherhood. The Muslim Brotherhood came to power in Egypt because of the Obama administration. Uh, it took about a year until they worn out their well. And then, of course, the military responding to the overwhelming sentiment of the Egyptian people moved in, set Morris inside, and uh, there are now about to be elections. And I think all of that is a significant for the people of Egypt, for the United States, and the United States and Israel in terms of that very important relationship with the largest nation in the world. And, uh, We'll see what ultimately emerges from that, but to have that nation that has been so close to us, uh, for example, the, the first weekend of the Gulf Crisis back in 1990, when down made Kuwait, I had to travel to the region
1: to begin the process of building the coalition with Secretary of Defense to get approval from the of U.S. forces
0: to the region. I had to make two stops. I South to stop in Riyadh, King Saad, King of the uh, Saudi Arabia and King Fahd, and in Cairo, oh, well. um, the president of Iraq. We had to have those two links in order to get the the friendship goes back at least that far um, with respect to those two nations, but even much, much farther, obviously, with respect to our historic times in Israel. But to have that group of, of governments. United States is behind and supporting the Muslim Brotherhood and all of the We're in a position where we have dramatically reduced our presence in that north of movement uh, so-called pivot to Asia. We have drawn from Iraq without leaving any stay-behind force. Uh, Al-Qaeda is now back in Iraq. Uh, Syria is a failed state, uh, and also becomes a breeding ground for the likes of Al-Qaeda. Uh, Libya is a failed state, close to it. Uh, and in Afghanistan, we're getting ready to pull out their Afghanistan is important for all kinds of reasons. Remember where the attacks came from on 9 11. Uh, so the, the, the culmination of uh, U.S. policy by this administration has been to dramatically diminish our capacity to in the most part of the world. And it's absolutely essential. important part of the world, but it is also increasingly an area in which we're likely to see trouble in the years. One of the things that concerns me, present about the campaign that I am worried about is what I think would be a, an increasing strain of, of uh, isolation, if I can put it in those terms, in our own home. And uh, it's not taken over by any means, but there is, without question, a lot now supported by many Republicans in some candidates that the United States can afford to turn its back on that part of the world is not our problem. Let them through their own issues, bring the boys home. There's no reason in the world for us to be involved uh, in that world. And uh, anybody who thinks back on uh, the problems of, of uh, 9-11, and, uh, that's just that experience, I'm sure most of you have, knows that it's not possible. It's absolutely The second brings me to the second key point that I think needs to be made, and uh, that is that at very important for us to so go after the Obama administration very clear the distinction and the differences between what we believe in as Republicans, what we believe in as Americans, as uh, people who've got close ties close to Israel, very uh, it's Jewish and Protestant first and foremost responsibility of for the President of the United States is as Commander in it's the Constitution. To safeguard the, uh, the government of the United States and the Constitution against all enemies for one and the number one responsibility for today is not being pursued in any kind of coherent manner. Damage is being done day after day after day. We're also faced now with a situation with respect to nuclear and nuclear we find ourselves, uh, if you look at that part of the globe, and remember what happened uh, on our watch back in 2007 when we discovered, thanks in part to our friends in Israel, that uh, North Korea was building a nuclear reactor at Al Qa'bar in the eastern Syrian desert to produce plutonium needed to build a nuclear, nuclear weapon. Gun in the year before, in the fall of six. Mm-hmm. That eventually, that reactor was taken out by Israel, um, in the classic strike. In the story, when I had dinner with uh, General Yadin, who was then the uh, head of the military intelligence at the time I did that. And once said to me, across dinner table, he flew mm-hmm. on a mission against the, the Iraq reactor at Syria in '81, and then he was the head of the intelligence a material reactor, you know, seven, they across and they go to dinner and said, two down, one to go. I knew exactly what it But the problem with the proliferation of nuclear capabilities is enormous, and the Iranians acquire nuclear weapons. There's no way that you know, those who have the, the wherewithal purchase
1: for them to develop their own well-infected I wanted to touch on that I also feel very strongly about, and that is is, uh, based on um, the concerns that we hear debated
0: under the label right now called the NSA National Security Agency. This is the the belief and the proposition, uh, I think, in many respects, that's been complicated, that we have created um, in the National Security Agency. Monster bureaucracy is reading everybody's mail, listening in to everybody's phone calls, infringing uh, on our civil liberties and our civil rights. Hardwatch. It's not true. And it's very important for people to understand what is and what is not fact with respect to this set of issues. And uh, let me park back in uh, just a few minutes those days immediately after 9 11 in
1: 2001.
0: We lost the World Trade Center, sold the Golden Pentagon, we lost the White House and the Capitol Building, but had been the brave citizens on the United Nine Street and took it down the it Pennsylvania. 3,000 dead Americans in one morning. Before that, we treated uh, terrorism as a the problem. We recognized on 9 11, the immediate accident,
1: 3,000 dead
0: Americans in one morning. Worse than And the President and I deemed that it was very important that we go on board to it. We got to the majority of Congress to use any means at our disposal uh, to go after those responsible for the attacks of 9 11 and make sure it didn't happen again. At the heart of that effort in the days immediately following 9 11 was we had to put together better intelligence on our adversaries. Who's the enemy? We knew some things about it. We didn't know nearly nothing. We knew about Osama bin Laden, and we knew he was running the organization. By then, we knew they were based in Afghanistan. But uh, we didn't know how big the organization was, who the players were, how the plans, what their plans were for future attacks on the United States or on the world. Uh, we were picking up signs, for example, signals during that period of time that Al Qaeda was interested in acquiring nuclear material. And of course, we have the anthrax attacks here at home and a general proposition uh believed by nearly all the experts that there would be problem on attacks against the United States from outside. So we put together two programs, and one of those the
1: first one we put together, is now it's called the NSA program. But in those days we called
0: the terrorist surveillance program, TSP. And we had some tremendously talented and able people out in the National Security Agency. In those days, it was headed by Mike. Mike was uh, Air Force General, Director of National Security Agency, later became uh, director of CIA. And the East one was followed by Keith Alexander, who was just stepping down this week, retiring after several years. He succeeded Mike at, uh, at NSA, but two of them, Alexander and I've been involved in, in these kinds of activities going back to my days before my lighting some 40 years ago. They are stars. So that's absolutely totally trustworthy. I trust them my life, my life I trust them in the last Very, very But about two days after. might like, yes there is, so we can get additional authority. We need additional presidential authority to be able to go further than work were at that point for right. our okay. The mastermind of 9 11 in the United States. By the piece of information, in the friends of the Attacks came up with and created. And Mike and his people out of NSA did a magnificent job. I'm very sure it was a bill, I think, my personal view, one of the great successes of American intelligence, What really they raiding Al how that they did. We built the program with enormous safeguards built in. Uh, the president insisted that the program had to be renewed by him every 25 days, that if he didn't sign on for another extension of the program, the program stopped. he would only sign on for an extension of the program if he had the sign for authorization and approval of the Attorney General, of the Secretary of Defense, of the Director of the CIA, and at the end of the certain search- My attorney used to be the guy who carried the papers around and got it like, signed off on it. it so we, could the we uh, at, at various uh, points during the course of the, of the program, the controversies were aroused. Uh, we had reasons to believe. Uh, two members of the Congress with a briefing. I used to hold the briefings in my West Wing office. and The chairman and ranking member of the House and Senate Intelligence Committees come down. And then I had ten, and eighty come down. This is what we're doing, this is how we're doing, this is what we've discovered. These are the benefits and the results from that. Uh, About 2004, there began the additional controversies about the program. We had a change a set of lawyers the Justice Department. We had different interpretations. We had to go back and fix that. But I ended up one morning in the separation room in the basement of the West Wing. We called the Speaker of the House, the majority of my down again. And we went through and briefed the program. Here's what we're doing, and here's what we're doing. We got all through with the brief and I went around the table and I asked everybody there. I said, do you believe that we should cancel this program or continue. They were unanimous, Nancy Pelosi is in the program. unanimous that the program should be continued because it's very valuable intelligence and information. And then I asked I said do you think we should come to the Congress and see additional legislation do what we're doing to a person they said no absolutely not I'm bringing it up to the Congress and we have to pay it'll leave and then you tell the economy how it is we're reading about so we didn't get go back to Congress about that years later we ended up uh, doing a uh, point is that that program if it had been in place before 9/11, probably would have allowed us to stop and I think because we had two hijackers living out in San Diego, eventually the who of 19 and built through thousands people, two <laughs> hijackers living out there in touch telephone with a dirty number in Southeast Asia. We didn't pick up um, If we had that program in place, we might well have been able to intercept and stop the attack That's what the NSA program is all about. Now we have this scurrying around this so the part that's there because we don't have a president uh, who can stand up and defend the program. Nobody believes him for good reason, nobody can for healthcare. We have uh, a uh, situation where uh, you we know, have There's a, there's a, there's a real abuse of government power uh, pointed at, at American citizens uh, so that the atmosphere and the environment is such that it needs to believe one, one more conspiracy. Last week I spoke at the uh, American University for about 500 college students, and this is one of the subjects that came up when I was being interviewed by a professor. And uh, part through the evening, he reminded me, that he said, You need to remember that on 9 11, most of the college students were in elementary school. It's true, it's important to remember that. They are on. The, uh the situation we have now is uh, this belief that has developed. There have been abuses by the NSA of that authority that we granted them, and that we just want to There haven't been. You can't name a situation where the NSA authority has been abused. There are very stringent requirements that the agency operates under. I say I've been involved with them over 20 years. I know what they do and how the they've got safe groups built in. Uh, only very few people can have the uh, authority to go in and actually look at content. What they collect is the business records, the records who call, whom on what date. Um, those have been deemed by the Supreme Court the business records. Those aren't private records. The records that are created by the companies, the telecommunication companies, and so on. It's part of business. It. Uh, it's not content. by the court or federal judges that uh, oversees this project. If you think about it, you can't find, nobody's been able to sign a single of abuse in that court. It's all well-made before they've got too much authority. Now we're hearing that instead of having the NSA collect the data, we're going to want the phone company. we're not going to tell them how long they have have to preserve it. We have this, this uh, legislation pending um the administration is talking about. Uh, we've got uh, bills being proposed on the Hill. One of my great concerns is how the, the political movement out there, because we've got people trying to step it and to take advantage of the situation, that we've got people who believe, well, we have to do something. And I've seen that happen before. The public sentiment going, and everybody's excited we've got to pass something, and you end
1: up with a piece of legislation. And uh, the trend, from the standpoint, of the integrity of the program of being able to keep it operating. you be able to get that it becomes, It's been purely for political purposes. So members of Congress, of which I was one for 10 years in the House, for
0: eight years as Vice President, I was president, place works by the Department not get caught up in the stampede of misguided public opinion. It's based on myth, And that's what's happening. And uh, it's another absolutely vital reason, in my opinion, why we have, to have sanity injected, as from my perspective, in 2014 and 2016, front and center in my mind, as a book that contributed, uh, somebody who was occasionally raised money for the party. And what I want to know is where is a candidate going to be on those basic
1: fundamental issues of national security that are so essential. First of all, we're not just talking about uh, some
0: terrorist talking about Afghanistan. We're talking about the, the role of the United States of America and the world. That is not some hypothetical mm-hmm. thing, the kind of fact that has we we'll already happened. And uh, you know, 3, are that killed 2,000 more people. So, this is big stuff in this country, and enormously important to the United Republic, in my family, your family. And, and uh, part of it is educating that next generation and younger generation about what's really the thing here. Part of it is not all that people are creating out there that uh, are basing along fallacies you know, uh, on statements and propositions that simply aren't Tino Alexander and Mikey and sit up here on the stage and take the life down test. There never has been any interest in any of us and enjoy it. And
1: Okay, thank you. Thank you.
0: With taking the we're going to make some Yeah. Sure.